The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Robert. Oh, hi, listeners. Uh, we're here to talk about The Room, Minute 4, in which Lisa wears her new dress and Denny is creepy. Who wants to describe what happens? Should our guest describe it? We have a guest? Sure, yeah, I'll, uh... <laughs> oh, hi, Sean. <laughs> oh, hi, Robert. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll describe what happens. So in this exciting minute four, um, we see Lisa come down these circular stairs in uh, black heels and uh, her new red dress. She twirls and shows it off to Johnny and then Denny comes in and completely ruins the mood. Completely. The thing that stood out to me was that, um, the audio sounded kind of weird. It just like sounded off with their voices. Maybe it was just me. I, yeah, I kind of got it. It kind of sounds like like a bad dub or uh, like a riff tracks. Like the the voice, particularly Johnny, like the voice doesn't quite match up with the mouth and the face. And I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't determine is this, yeah, was it a bad dub or was. Uh, you know, ADR, or is this just a, a person who's not good at speaking? As Well, with, with Tommy, it's a little bit of the latter. But also, a lot of the film was ADR because they had really bad audio. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that, that could definitely be, be part of it. Um, and, and part of it is just the things they're saying. It kind of sounds like... It doesn't sound like, parts of it don't sound like a conversation. It sounds like individual things that people said separately that were later edited together <laughs> so that you hear them one after another, but they don't sound like they were necessarily spoken all together. Why do you think they would do that? Well, I think, well, well, I think part of the reason I got that impression is the, the use of laughter as dialogue. Like a couple, of, it, I don't know if laughter is the right word, where Johnny just kind of goes, <laughs> and like, as like his part of the conversation, <laughs> he just kind of goes, <laughs> um, particularly when, uh, when, when, when Denny's being really cre- creepy, you know, he's like, uh, you know, John, uh, yeah, Johnny says, I, I think I'm going to go take a nap. Denny says, can I go upstairs too? Which is, I mean, there's a whole other issue of, why does this apparently teenage boy want to go take a nap with this grown man? But then Johnny's, Johnny's reaction is just, <laughs> just a laugh. And then Lisa says, Danny, I, I think I'm going to join him. And then again, Johnny just goes, <laughs> like, like it seemed like was there, like it was kind of like there's a placeholder, like I'm just going to kind of chuckle and then we'll put dialogue in later. And then later never happened. <laughs> Maybe that was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um and you've only seen these few minutes, right? Right. I have so I should say I've I've not seen this movie. I've I've heard of it. I know it by reputation. 
what I've seen is just uh, just the minutes we're going to be discussing this week on the podcast. But it does it does leave me wanting more. <laughs> and I will say, usually I'm 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 normally a big fan of bad movies. I've seen a lot of bad movies, and I enjoy bad movies. And and obviously, this has a reputation as a bad movie. Although I find bad movies are something that I are better discovered on their own because they rarely live up to the recommendation. If someone tells me, oh, this is a really bad movie, you have to see it, it's almost never as bad as I expect. And so I'm disappointed. So I I, I don't follow recommendations. And obviously hearing the, the, the reputation of this movie, I didn't seek it out thinking there's no way it can live up to the hype. <laughs> and... I started playing, I think within 15 or 20 seconds of playing this minute, I'm like, I'm, I'm all in. I've been missing the boat. I've been cheating <laughs> myself. What I've been doing with my life, not watching this movie because it, I mean, at least in terms of what I've seen this week, it's, it has lived up to all the hype and, and more. Well, the whole movie is pretty much what you described. You did a really good job of describing it. Um. <laughs> He does this laugh. I don't think it's a placeholder. I don't know if it's like a nervous thing. Robert might know more about this. But he does the laugh throughout the movie in the weirdest times. Like, they'll be discussing something super serious, and he'll be like, huh? That was a bad impression of the laugh. (laughs) Well, quite famously, they they redo one of the scenes in The Disaster Artist where... Greg says, is telling him a story about a girl who got beat up so bad she made it to the hospital. And Tommy, as Johnny, laughs. And they couldn't get a take where he didn't laugh in response to that story. And it, it's partly it's Tommy as a person. That's how he, weirdly, he, he does that in reality too. He laughs in between sentences. He laughs when he doesn't quite understand a question or he doesn't hear a question from the audience very well. So it's, I think maybe a placeholder is a good word for it, but it's not a placeholder in the movie. It's a placeholder in like Tommy Wiseau's life. Maybe it's like a nervous twitch. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will, I will do that in terms of if you don't hear something, just kind of laugh. Particularly, I'm very bad at picking out voices in loud rooms. So if like I'm in a club or a party or something, and I have trouble, so I assume most of my most of the conversations that I have in real life that I am able to hear are sarcastic quips and and people trying to be witty and so forth. So if I if someone's speaking and I can't understand what they're saying, I will do that. I will just kind of chuckle and laugh and pretend that whatever they said was very amusing. But I don't get to edit real life. So <laughs> like I I would take that out if I could. <laughs> and, you know, if my life were a film, I wouldn't put it out like that. And and other people have have spoken to this that Get the the reality you want to portray in art is not reality. That we we you know real life. You have real life. You have reality. You don't really need art for that. You want something else. And I think the the the, the example that pops out of my head um, is is Hamlet's soliloquy that his to be or not to be speech. Mm-hmm. That if an actor on stage really em- embodied that moment and kind of really got into being Hamlet, that that would be a horrible performance because, well, one, no one would be able to hear it. If, if you're just a thoughtful speaking to yourself, you know, should I, should I go on? 
do I do the thing that I need to do to be or not to be? You're not, that's not what a stage actor needs to do. You need to project and you need to enunciate and the whole house needs to be able to hear what you're saying, not as you're mumbling to yourself as you, you know, consider the implications of existence. So again, yeah, so I, it's something that I do and I kind of relate to that in real life, but this is a film. You can edit it. You can do additional takes. You can, if you can't stop yourself from doing it, you can at least take care of that in post-production where you cut that stuff out. And, and I thought that, that's gonna, um, I got that same impression, um, some of the stuff later in the week where it's, okay, this is, this is realistic in that I can, I can understand people acting this way in an actual situation. But again, even as you're trying to portray reality, a film is not reality and there should be limits to the reality that it's not, I think even just, just the fact of you set up a camera, two cameras and the actors know there's a camera there you've impinged on reality because people react to cameras they're not going to behave the same way they always behave if they're just being natural but there's some things that are like okay i know real life is awkward the artist doesn't always need to put that awkwardness up on a big screen and there's (laughs) even in just a few minutes you know going by what i've seen so far there's a lot of awkwardness in this film (laughs) <laughs> we certainly get it in, in these few minutes and I expect it to continue. So it's, yeah, some of this stuff is, again, it, it's, you could have, um, so it, yeah, it's not just, there's, there's not just deficiencies in the acting. It's the directing, the choreography, and then the editing and the post-production, like to keep that in there, the whole process through to make it through to the audience to see like, Oh wow, you're really, you're going with this. Okay. You're going to do that and you're going to release that and people are going to see that. That's, um, it's a certain type of bravery. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say it's, it's, it's brave. He's trying to portray a more raw reality than we're used to, which is why this film stands out. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go with that. That was a nice way to put it. It's brave. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't seen the rest of it, so you don't know how appropriate it is comparing it to Hamlet and contemplation of suicide over or partly over a woman. Ew. No, because l- let me say, like, so I not only have I not seen this film, I I really don't know what it's about. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say really. I don't know what it's about. I don't know anything other than this is supposedly one of the worst, if not the worst, films ever made, and it's so bad. That James Franco made a movie about the making of this movie. Yeah. And I've not seen that movie either. And I don't know what that movie's about other than it's about the making of this movie. But I, I, yeah. Um, and the only reason I know these characters' names is because they're all mentioned within this first minute. Yes. I kind of first started taking my notes as just, oh, it's man, woman, and boy. But I'm like, oh, wait, they say their names. So I can fill that in. Very efficient uh, scripting. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but very unrealistic because again, in in not again, but if you know in real life, you you don't, you know, people in real life don't use names very often. When you're speaking with someone, you just say "Hey, you" and you address them directly. You don't necessarily have to say their name while they're in the room. So that's kind of unusual. So there's yeah, there's a mix of there's there's some obvious screenwriting tools being used here, such as the use of names to let us know who is who kind of thing, and then some of it is. Is, is very natural. 
which is, uh, I mean, there's certain schools of filmmaking that, uh, that aspire to a more natural presentation. So, uh, maybe that's what we're going for here. Now, I'm curious, just from this minute, what do you know about Johnny? Um, or what he do you give... assume about him? <laughs> yeah. He gives gifts. Yeah. I guess he's in some kind of romantic relationship with Lisa that he's giving her a dress and that, <laughs> and that he, he laughs at inappropriate moments or in place of dialogue. Uh, and he doesn't seem to be as weirded out as I am that this uh, this boy wants to go upstairs and take a nap with him. <laughs> well, what does that tell you about their relationship with Denny? He just walks into their apartment. Does he live there? Apparently not. But this is how they it works. Yeah, so I don't know if he's... Is he just the neighbor kid? Is he like their son? Is Though <laughs> so I guess they... they he talk, he's, you know, well, I guess sometimes kids refer to their parents by their first name. Not something I did, but something some kids do. So, you know, is he a family member, a friend, a member of their cult? I, I don't know. Ding, ding, ding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Cult>. <laughs> Would you like answers to these questions? <laughs> no, not really. No, because I think I, I now need to go see the rest of this film and I want to. Um, well, I will tell I, you who he was. Uh, in an earlier draft of the script, and I will not give this 100% authenticity because there's two different versions of the script around the internet. Uh, Denny's character originally was named Billy, and he was Lisa's homosexual little brother who had a crush on Johnny. That's not who he is here. Okay, but that kind of, I, I see some remnants yeah. of, of Billy. Like he doesn't say he wants to go upstairs when Lisa's going. He says he wants to go upstairs when Johnny's going. Yes. This is, of course, the first time we see Denny in the movie. I mean, it's only minute four. Um, Yeah. Well, I I wondered about that because he makes a very, a peculiar kind of, in my notes, I have it high school drama club, but it's actually more like. I thought sitcom. Sitcom. I wanted Entrance where he, he opens the door, he takes one step in. And then like stops, takes like the applaud break. Like, yeah. oh yay, Danny's here. Everyone's gonna, and then he just, you know, and then when the, when the applause dies down, then he closed the door and come in and, and proceeds. It's like Christina Very- Applegate just walked in on Married with Children. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna right. say Kimmy Gibbler. Also, yeah. <laughs> or Kramer on Seinfeld, you know, they have to take that pause because the audience is gonna respond. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very sitcom entrance. And I, I get the feeling, that this movie is very quotable. Yes. Because we get a line, we get one of the best line readings I think I've ever heard in any movie <laughs> in this minute. Anything for my princess. <laughs> Anything for my princess. And of course it's followed by not an inappropriate laugh, but just a laugh that comes out it. It doesn't like, it comes out of nowhere. Just, <laughs> just anything for my princess. I I can see myself saying that line very often whenever my wife asks for something. (laughs) And she'll be very confused. She hasn't seen the movie. She'll be very confused what I'm saying. And I'm like, I'm very (laughs) confused at why I'm saying it, but I can't stop. But again, even from just this one minute, I've already got a line that that I'm going to be using whenever I get the chance. So just anything for my princess... And I'll have to work on my, my imitation on my, 
my Johnny voice to get it just the intonation just right because that really it really makes the line. So do you think that this is a movie that could live up to the hype? Yeah. The bad movie hype? Ab- yeah, absolutely. I think this may be the first movie that's that's as bad as as I've heard. Um yeah, and then particularly and then the setup so when uh towards the end of the minute when when Johnny and Lisa are are heading upstairs and then with with all the subtlety of Donald Sutherland in Animal House, Danny takes a bite of that apple. And I'm like, oh, this is this is horrible. This is just this is just this is not good <laughs> filmmaking at all. Um, I mean, I can it's in focus, it's well lit. I can you know I can see the people and I can hear them. So there's some technical accomplishment there. But in terms of dialogue and action and everything else, which and like. Where does the apple come from? It just kind of like, there's no apple. Danny's just standing there and they, they cut away to Johnny and Lisa going upstairs and like cut back and like suddenly there's an apple in his hand. Like, what? Where, where did that come from? But yet it's like, okay, we get it. Like they're going off to sin and he's biting the apple. Great. You know, it's, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's grade school symbolism at its best. Yeah, I think maybe that's giving Tommy too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe he just fit into an apple. <laughs> now, the apple bite was not in the script. Uh, in My Big Break, issue number four, Haldeman tells about it. When Wiso told him to take a bite of the apple, he says he felt a lump in his stomach. This wasn't in the script. Why was Denny doing this now? It has nothing to the scene, as Johnny and Lisa have already left him alone in their living room, so now he's deciding to sample their decorative fruit as they leave to bone just out of earshot. So I stared at the apple for a long time, and I thought about it long and hard. From what little of the script I had seen, I had managed to figure out there was a love triangle between Johnny, Lisa, and Mark, but to me, it seemed like Denny was just a sweet, innocent kid. So I guess this eating of the apple could be seen as a symbol of his naivete and innocence. I know this means that I'm crazy, but I think he genuinely enjoyed hanging out with Johnny and Lisa. There was nothing inappropriate about it in his eyes or theirs. <laughs> Whether that was Tommy's intention of the character, I have no idea, but I knew that with all of his cold shoulders and unprovoked hostility, there was zero insight on the role that he would be giving me. He probably had nothing to give. So I had to figure it out all on my own, right or wrong, I decided to give it the most innocent performance that I could. But yeah, it, um, yeah. Sean, you already said it. It's that Garden of Eden apple bite. Yeah. He take, he doesn't go upstairs until after he bites that apple because he's embracing it. Yeah. Well, I think there's something to that approach as, as the writer and director to give your actors as little as possible and kind of allow them to, to work out, um, where they think, you know, what they think about their character and where the character's coming from. And I guess that makes sense in terms of, the point of view of a young person versus an older person and me being an older person, my impression of this creepy little kid who's kind of honing in on what is clearly, uh, you know, meant to be romantic meeting between these two adults. But from, um, you know, from a childish perspective, it may be innocent. It may be, um, or he, you know, he may have a crush. It may be lingering, uh, you know, lingering bits of Billy where the crush is on Johnny or the crush could be on Lisa or the crush could just be on, um, adult love and not even know, um, you know, on a conscious level, recognize just kind of, 
um, sometimes adolescence is re- referred to or, you know, kind of the early stages of puberty of having strange feelings and not know quite what they mean or what to do with them. So there may be, you know, some of that. And, um, it sounds like Tommy allowed the actor to bring that forward of from, yeah. So from his point of view, it's just innocent. Hey, these are my friends and I like spending time with them. I like, I like each of them separately. So why not all three of us hang out? Whereas looking at more mature relationships and knowing, well, gee, there's different kinds of fun and there's some kind of fun that you have with some of your friends that you don't have with, with other friends. And it's not that those other people aren't really your friends. There's just different types of friendship as people mature and they grow older. They generally form, there's different levels and there's different kinds of fun that you have and you don't necessarily have the same kind of fun, you know, with the kid next door that you're going to have with, with your lady friend or your man friend kind of thing. So I kind of, yeah, I, I like that. I like that approach of, um, and I can see it's very risky again of, of, um, allowing your actors to, you know, have that much freedom in interpretation of the part. But, uh, I can, I can kind of see in that respect that's something that works. You know, there's, 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 there's some good, I think objective good art going on here, which probably, you know, which makes it worth if there's that dichotomy of like, well, gee, they did this stuff good and then the end result is so bad can make it interesting to, you know, for this format. And the, the question comes up a lot of what's a good movie to watch one minute at a time and to discuss and, and critique and criticize one minute at a time. And I think the answer is it can be, you know, whatever you bring to it, it can be very good or it can be very bad. Apparently. Um, I mean, we'll, we're, we're still early in this experiment, but yeah. uh, so far so good. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll leave that that up to the listeners to decide. But yeah, here we are. Yeah, in in um, well, I should say what this is in case I haven't yet. Philip Haldeman has a comic book called My Big Break, in which he tells the story of when he came to Hollywood, was in the room, and then basically, and he's going to end up going back to Phoenix, and he's not an actor anymore. He does a podcast, uh, but he does these little stories called Denny Between the Scenes, where he writes like scenes about Denny. That we don't see. Mm-hmm. And so in the lead, I think he's talking to a therapist about this day. And we learn that he'd already been to school. He'd hung out with Elizabeth, who we'll hear about later. He had collected some money for Chris R., who we'll meet later. And now he just wanted to spend some real time with his favorite people. So it's that same innocent thing that he said he put into the performance. Denny is still fairly young. He's, you don't know the details, Sean, but he's been taken in by these two who look after him because he doesn't have anyone else. And so, yeah, it's this innocent performance of I'm still just a kid, even though the actor's actually older than his character, trying to be with these people. It's not necessarily that he knows they're going upstairs to have sex and he wants to be there for it. He's like, oh, you guys are going to go hang out? I want to join. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a nap. <laughs> I mean, that's that, nap that, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's Johnny who's being weird. So I think that's kind of strange just to say, well, just to say, I think I'm going to take a nap. We can say and that I, every episode. <laughs> it's Johnny who's being weird. Um, well, and, and I guess every couple would have their own 
patois, their, you know, their own sayings. Like I, I like that at first that was very strange to my ear just because actually it, it happened earlier today where my wife said, I'm, I'm going upstairs to take a nap. And it meant, and you know, in our, in our household, that means I didn't sleep well last night. I'm very tired. I'm going upstairs to take a nap. Please, you know, be quiet and leave me alone. Um, I guess in this world, I'm going upstairs to take a nap means something else. But maybe, like, it means, so I think Johnny certainly seems like he's, you know, he's not going to take an actual nap. He's not very tired. Uh, and I think Lisa picks up on it, you know, what, what the meaning is there. So maybe that's part of, um, you know, they know that's part of their code. They know what that means. Denny obviously doesn't know, or maybe, maybe he does. Maybe it's not so obvious <laughs> that he, so I don't know if he knows what that means or not. Um, I think he knows that it doesn't mean going to sleep because then that makes his response, um, very strange to say, can I go upstairs too? <laughs> that he wants to watch them. He wants to watch them. Well, the, oh no, to watch them then line is next minute, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm biting my tongue. I really want to talk about that line, but that's, we'll that's it, yeah. Next minute. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to give, I'm trying to give all these characters the benefit of the doubt in terms of how creepy or strange, um, they may be. And I think sometimes it's just people, you know, people are different and, and kind of things have different meanings or they have different ways of doing things that may seem strange to outsiders, but it's not necessarily strange to them. But some of these things, it's really hard. To, it's they're really hard to unstrange. <laughs> they're just like, no, I don't. It's not just my point of view in which they look strange. I'm having trouble imagining the the point of view of of where it's not strange. And it's like, no, no matter where, no matter what angle I come at it from, it's still strange. And uh, yeah, one of those is is. is Denny, now, yeah, if you told me like this turns into a horror movie where Denny, you know, is slowly killing off these adults, that it's one of it, it, it goes, it falls back to the horror movie trope where, um, loose sexuality gets you killed. And he's slowly, mm-hmm. you know, he's this, the, the frustrated virgin, virgin who's killing off all the sexually active adults around him. Um, I would like, there's nothing in this minute that would be inconsistent. Right. <laughs> if that was the rest of the movie, that's a perfect setup of, of what we've seen. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So maybe this is a horror movie. And well, when this movie was first out and all most people around LA knew of it was the billboard with like Tommy's face big and like tinted kind of greenish. It looked like a horror film. It's the room and it's a scary face on it and nothing else. Like and that billboard was up for a long time and didn't know what it was. When I first saw it, I thought it, I thought it was a horror film. I'm like you have to see the room. And I'm like, okay, cause it's an awesome horror film. Great. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Great idea for a sequel though. <laughs> uh, anything else regarding the content of this minute? Um, well, another line I, I made note of, and I think it goes back to, um, 
your point in terms of, of the actor playing Danny and, and the freedom he was given. And I don't know if, if this is in the script or kind of improv thing, but that the, how much was it about the dress is, yeah, it's, it's a very honest, a very teenage type innocent question where it's, I, th- I think, and I don't know, maybe this says something about me. I think it's, it's a natural thing, a thought to occur that you see something, you see something very nice and someone says, Oh, I just got this gift. And you kind of wonder, well, how much was it? But it's not an adult thing to say. Most people won't actually say it. Um, so I'm kind of making the assumption that we're thinking it. I'm thinking it, but I wouldn't say it. But the fact that, that he comes out and says, and he asks it, and, and I think, you know, it just kind of captures the innocence of that character of he's just, he's just saying the thing that he's thinking because it doesn't occur to him not to say it. Then I have one last set of notes that is notes from a midnight screening. All right. So you can know what happens during this minute. Notes from a midnight screening. The audience, for the record, does not like Lisa. So when she comes down the stairs, you get a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Even though it's not like she's a big person. But um, when Johnny says, wow, you look so sexy, Lisa, at least one person in the audience will scream liar. <laughs> when we get the angle on her after that line, someone will call her a whore. <laughs> People scream for Denny, of course, because they love Denny. But when Lisa says, Denny, I think I'm going to join him and they leave and Denny's watching. The audience, you'll hear cries all over the place of people saying, Denny, don't do it. No, no. They they do not want him to go upstairs, and they try to stop him. And that will continue for basically the rest of the minute is people telling Denny, no, don't go. <laughs> and eh, that's about it for this minute because we're still early in the movie. We'll get more next time. Sean, would you like to tell people who you actually are? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I want my name to be so. <laughs> you know, I'll tag you on Twitter somewhere. Um, yeah. So for, for folks that don't recognize my voice, which I'm guessing is almost everyone except my immediate family. So I am Sean German, uh, previously of Spinal Tap Minute and Groundhog Minute, where I covered uh, the movies This Is Spinal Tap and Groundhog Day, respectively one minute at a time. And if uh, if by any chance you want to hear more from me, uh, I have a website at catandshawn.org, and that's cat, C-A-T, and Sean, S-E-A-N.org. And I link to uh, my podcasts and uh, my guest appearances on other podcasts and, and all kinds of other stuff. So it's not wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!